You are tuned into a very special edition of Building a Green Idaho, your weekly public affairs program here on Radio Boise, covering conversations at the intersection of people, place, and profit, sustainability. And today we are celebrating our neighbors to the north, A, and it's it's Canada at 150 this year. It's Canada at Treefort this year. This broadcast is just prior to Treefort. You're going to see a Canadian presence there this year. And I am pleased to have with me in the studio today the Canadian Consul General in Seattle, James Hill, as well as the political officer uh, from the consulate in Seattle, Patrick Higgins, and Dr. Laurie Hausiger, the head of the Canadian Studies Program, but also, I understand now, the director of the political science program, largely. Welcome to you all. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Remington. Great to be here. Great to have you here. Um, we've got we've got half an hour to pack in as much as we can learn and enjoy about uh, our friendly neighbors to the north. But we knew that we needed to try and, and set some context for this conversation. So we reached out to some of our, our friends here in the community and uh, Red Feather, Bitter Creek Ale House, and St. Lawrence Gridiron were kind enough, courteous enough to extend uh, some hospitality to our friendly Canadian guests. So. We, we're going to try to do our best to not talk with our mouth full, but we're going to be enjoying some delicious poutine here on the air. Um, potatoes and dairy are big business in Idaho. We all know that, and this is one of the best ways to combine those. Uh, so nothing says Canadian-American, Idaho, and international relations like a good bowl of fries and gravy. <laughs> and with that said, um, we have one other special guest here in the studio. We have Mark with us from Bitter Creek. And <laughs> who's got fire <laughs> <laughs> and he is preparing live wow. poutine flambe as long as you don't set my Looking dress on good. fire that'll be great I know back off doc that's right <laughs> <laughs> for those nice. who are observing we, we just witnessed hand torched fries and with delicious gravy now being poured upon it and nicely done mark thank you lovely yeah oh thank you forks ah. Lori, you first that's a masterpiece there look how pretty that is the green on top even wow all right guys Okay, so want to make feel at home, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to Idaho. Patrick's going for the big fries. <laughs> I am big fish in the bowl. Yeah, those local uh, local potatoes are from M and M Heath, which is out of Buell, Idaho. Oh, nice. Uh, dairy and Ballard family dairy and cheese from Buell as well. Nice. And then the braised pork comes from the Flying Pig Farm from Cuda, Idaho. Wow, mm. that's great. So we're, we're really support the local industry and sustainability yeah. here in Idaho at Bitter Creek Yeah, everything's right. Wonderful. Well done. It's a reasonable facsimile, I would say. <laughs> 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 That's great. More Thank than reasonable. So much. <laughs> oh, man, that is good. That is Thank good. you for coming in. You're very welcome. It's nice to meet everyone. Pleasure. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. We'll see you down at the, uh, at the restaurant soon. You betcha. <laughs> this is great. Pleasure. Potatoes and dairy are serious business, as are meat exports. Uh, from Idaho to Canada or from Canada to Idaho. So in terms of that, 
James, if I could ask you to start us off, what is what is the relationship between Idaho and Canada these days? Is that a, a good representation of potatoes, dairy, and, and pork? Well, it is potatoes, dairy, and pork, but it's it's much more than that. Of course, uh, those are sort of the traditional exports and imports that the $1.2 billion relationship enjoys. But it's also mining equipment. It's also IT. There, uh, There's the educational component. There is collaborative initiatives that Idaho National Lab, for example, pursues with a number of Canadian companies and, and institutions, academic and research institutions. So like many relationships, uh, it, it's much deeper than one might first uh, assume. And uh, part of our presence here today and, and part of our reason for our frequent visits to Idaho is to give that a public face and to further those as much as we can. Right. So actually, let's let's set this up. Um, the Canadian consulate in Seattle is the the connection to Canada in the Pacific Northwest. So you are the face and, and the voice in many respects for the government of Canada here in the States. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, Remington. So the way it's set up, uh, you know, with the United States, there's a particularly consequential relationship. And uh, that extends far beyond the, the embassy in Washington. So when there's a need for additional points of presence or points of representation, that's when a country can decide to uh, establish a, a consulate general. And we've established 12 of them in the lower 48 and a, a number of trade offices as well. And those are our points of presence to uh, accentuate the bilateral relationship in a particular region. So in the Pacific Northwest, you know, we're located in Seattle but we cover the states of Idaho, Oregon, Washington State itself, and then Alaska. How often do you make it out to Idaho? A lot. Uh, it's not just a, a, we think that a yearly visit. To yeah. uh, the governor suggested I buy a house, so um, <laughs> that gives you an idea of how often we're here. Uh, I pro- I'm probably here four or five times a year, this year at least, but there's probably somebody here every month doing something uh, in one part of the, uh, the state or the other. So we're here today, we're back next week, and I'm coming back uh, later in May to run the famous uh, potato run. It's the famous potato run. I see it's not the world famous potato run, but I'll be back to do that as well. We're working on making yeah, it the Yeah, okay, world you gotta go global. <laughs> you know what, hey, we're going international. If you're in it, then I guess that means it's the international. It's, it's I, now the yeah, global. You might as well add another nice. adjective. Thank you. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I understand that you, you are a runner. Have you heard of the race to Roby Creek by any chance? I have. I'm trying to avoid it, actually. <laughs> but uh, let's start with the potato run and see how that goes. And, uh, you know, who knows? Sounds good. Um, so then, Patrick, you are at the consulate yes. in Seattle. And, and what capacity do you serve, the Government of Canada? So uh, I'll start by... I think it's an interesting aspect of my job and and my story. I'm an American um, working for the government of Canada and have been for 18 years, actually. They they allow that? (laughs) They do. As a matter of fact, it's a little bit of an interesting story, maybe for some of your listeners. Um, The the Canadian department that James and I and Bryce work for and the U.S. State Department, like us, in all of its offices all over the world, has a combination of Canada-based officers, which is the category James is in, um, but also what are called locally engaged officers. And in the case of the U.S. relationship, as James has already noted, it's so deep and so 
intertwined and so complicated that the government decided some years ago that it would be a good idea to essentially hire local help. Um, so in my particular case, I worked for many years for the state legislature in Washington State. I worked in Washington, D.C. for a long time before I moved back, before I wised up, moved back out to the West Coast. So um, I'm an example of the, of the government of Canada um, reaching out to fill some officer positions with people who can provide a, a deep layer of local, local knowledge um, into the system so that Canada is as close as possible to all of our partnerships in the territory. Did you have to pick a favorite hockey team when you started <laughs> working at the consulate? You know what? Careful it's, with that answer. It's funny. I, I, I don't have an answer to that question. For the, the diplomatic answer. For, that's right. Um, I, and I'm lucky that I happen to have gone to high school in Maryland, so I played lacrosse. So I can mm. always sort of throw lacrosse oh, yeah. instead of having to talk about hockey. Um, you know, Canadians love the hockey, but they're, they're actually quite friendly amongst themselves and their rival, rivalries generally. I mean, it depends a little bit on which one we're talking about. But And Lori, I know, can speak to this too. But uh, I, I want to return to a minute but to potatoes just because I think it's not well known in Idaho and very interesting to me because it's such a big, uh, big important agricultural crop in the state. One of the largest processing plants in Idaho is in Burley, mm -hmm. uh, and that is a McCain Foods processing plant. And McCain Foods is from New Brunswick, Canada. Um, one of the biggest employers in that county, as I understand, and has been here for many years. So, and it's indicative of the type of thing that uh, that James and Bryce and I try to, and Lori, I, sh I hasten to add, um, who's been our really our leading partner in Boise and in Idaho for many years, and we're very lucky to have her. Um, but that McCain food story is, is is instructive because it shows that this is not really a strictly a trading relationship. It's really a joined value chain relationship and there's investment and trade that flows both ways every day unseen because it works so well. Mm -hmm. Laurie, I want to get to you in a moment but I want to pick up on that comment about trade and, and the importance of trade because as I understand it the government of Canada formally is still pursuing the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership and if that's correct um, why is it that Canada thinks the TPP is a good thing when many people down here are questioning it? Well, it's a good question. I wouldn't say uh, f uh, formally still pursuing. I think uh, all members of the network of countries who are uh, part of the TPP are, have it on pause at the moment uh, and are reviewing what form a TPP would or could take if as has been stated, the, the U.S. has withdrawn from it. So it's a new dynamic, a new landscape, and we have to see uh, what potential it holds without a, a U.S. presence. Uh, Canada it has long put itself out there uh, as a trading nation. That's the label that we, we uh, wear quite uh, comfortably. And we've realized over the years that a freer and fairer trading relationships promote an economy that sustains our trading nation. So uh, it's not uh, a surprise to hear that we've got numerous bilateral trading relationships, but the real dividend comes in, in a multilateral block, uh, such as the TPP or the recently concluded trade deal we've uh, uh, signed with the European Union. 
that will go into effect preliminary this April, uh, and then after a few more ratification elements uh, uh, fully uh, by the end of this year. So uh, there is much more strength in a global block or a multilateral block than in a bilateral block. That's why the TPP was attractive. That's why NAFTA has been both a success and a, an attractive a grouping for us. Remington, I'll just I'll throw in a bit on that. Okay, I'm trying to think through um, your listeners and what might be of interest and concern to them about something like this. It the the way the media takes something like like the TPP is to assign a name to it and treat it uh, as, as sort of a a block with very little sort of uh, analysis of what we're actually talking about when we say TPP. Mm-hmm. And it's not to discount anyone's concern with specific elements of a great big complicated multilateral agreement. Um, it's very important for voters and, and taxpayers in every country involved to look at it carefully and think through it carefully. Having said all that, part of the reason that Canada, uh, among other nations in TPP, are just on hold with it are, and are going to continue to, to uh, stay with it uh, to some extent is that there's a lot of very, very good, very valuable things inside what is, what's called TPP that will benefit everybody in Canada and the United States that's doing business with one another. So it's a lot of it was a project to modernize the trading systems and the legal systems and the border systems that underlie a lot of our trade to bring in sectors that that are very important in Idaho, like say chip fab, for example, and a bunch of other things which didn't even exist when we first uh, negotiated our existing trade arrangements. So. And again, I, I don't want to be the guy saying, hey, TPP is great and people who are against it are wrong. That's not accurate. It's just that there was a lot of, a lot of good work done to get to some of the aspects of it. And it would be a great idea for, including for the U.S., to hang on to those pieces that are valuable to hang on to. Thank you. We are just about to partake in uh, the next uh, course of poutine here, which is from St. Lawrence Gridiron, and and I um, did not yet have a chance to partake in the Bitter Creek poutine. I can see it over there, and it looks phenomenal. But I can tell you that the St. Lawrence Gridiron poutine is is wonderful, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, as James and Patrick and Lori have a chance to try the new fare, we'll we'll let you know um, how they're going to score it as well. But Lori, I'd like to ask you about the perception of Canada here in Idaho. You are, you're heading up a program that informs students at Boise State about Canada. Um, First of all, who's interested in Canada and what are some of the, uh, what are some of the common things that you find humorous that people learn about Canada when they first start studying it? And then what surprises you? Actually, I don't think people know much about Canada at all, so... What? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's shocking to you. They vaguely know how to spell it, but that's usually about it. C-A-N-A-D-A. <laughs> exactly. It's a very easy course to teach because I can say whatever I want, and no one can call me on it. <laughs> so that part is very good. Um, so I think really... We all do ride magic unicorns. It's true. That's right. And there are... This, the sleighs to the border is one of the ones <laughs> that you sometimes get, yes. So mostly I think the job is to 
increase the perceptions, right, to actually have some awareness of Canada and to mm -hmm. recognize how important it is. So it, with the amount of jobs in Idaho that rely on trade with Canada, the fact that you get a truck going across the border every two seconds, we're talking $1.9 billion a day in trade, uh, and of course, um, the amount of people going back and forth as well. So it's one of my main goals is just for people to recognize why they should care. And there are scholarship opportunities as well to study about Canada when you're a student at BSU. Yeah, there's lots of study abroad opportunities. Um, the Canadian government has been very good about supporting not just students, but also faculty. So we have faculty uh, who have co-authors across the border that work on projects together. Uh, and so they've been very good about funding some of that, those kinds of working relationships as well, since a lot of the issues, environment, uh, energy, they don't stop at a border. Right. Security. And I'm going to brag on Lori and her program a little bit, if, if you don't mind, Remington, because not only is she a great partner helping us with our programs uh, in, in Idaho and in Boise every year and has been for a long time, her program at the university, both classes that she's taught and her colleagues in her department, um, because of Lori's deep connections with us, she's able to bring really interesting people from provincial governments, from Canadian companies, from the federal government. And I think I think students at BSU are getting a really a first class uh, taste of, of Canada studies if they're thinking about that program.